everyone. This is the podcast, What Are You Selling? And I'm your host, Jonathan Prunty. This podcast discusses different scenarios sales reps go through in the field, internally within their organization, and just everyday situations we normally see and deal with. Some episodes will have special guest speakers and people who are industry professionals. Other times, I'll answer questions and emails from our guests and our listeners. In this podcast, I wanted to create a platform for average people to share their experiences and tell their story. This makes it more relatable to everyday living people. I wanted to speak to those people, whether it's garnering knowledge from them, garnering their experiences, their backgrounds, or their skill sets. Everyone's a salesperson. You're selling yourself and who you are, a product, an idea, or even a service. I wanted to understand, inspire, and impact those people. Because we all go through similar situations, scenarios, challenges, as well as successes. This podcast will execute that through medical device sales, fashion, retail, automobile, real estate, insurance, and a plethora of other different industries. So this is episode one. In this episode, I'll tell you a little bit about myself, where I've come from, what I've done, what's gotten me into sales. This will give me a chance to connect with you, the audience and the listeners. Also, I'll share some of my challenges, obstacles I face, which could potentially help you, or you may be going through them now, or you may see them in the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this podcast. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I grew up in a house with five other kids, and my dad, he was an entrepreneur. He formed a successful barbershop for 33 years. What did he teach me? Well, he taught me that you can go out there and work for no one but yourself and enjoy it every day. You have to put the time and the effort and the work in. He was the kind of guy who would give the shirt off his back for someone he didn't even know. There was always someone asking him for this or that, and he would go throughout his own way to give them whatever they would need. He was also a jokester. He joked a lot. He loved to laugh and make the best of every situation. So I'm grateful and thankful for him for teaching me a a lot of those skills that I have today. My mom, she was very stern, very strict, very disciplined. Sometimes I was scared to come home if I had a C on my report card because I knew the world was ending. I thank her so much for some of the skills that she bestowed upon me, such as discipline, time management, being a person of your word, and commitment. I didn't focus on my academics that much growing up. I went to Chicago Public School, which is a great system, free education, but I never knew or understood how important academics would be until my later years. Well, the first couple of years of high school, I didn't really think about education or or getting ahead or or SAT, ACT scores. I was more focused on sports and things that high schoolers focus on. It wasn't until my last two years of high school that I started taking my education serious. I think I graduated with a 3.3 in high school, but I had no idea what was next and what I wanted to do. I was fortunate enough to fill out an application for college. I think I only filled out one application and that was to the University of Iowa. 
going to the University of Iowa was, was probably one of the best decisions I made. Just because going to college, it was a trajectory of success to my career as well as myself as a person. Special shout out to all my people from Iowa and all my Hawkeyes out there. My freshman year, it was a bit of a wake-up call because it was the first time that I was alone. No guidance, no one to tell me to do this or no one to tell me to go there. I was fortunate because I had those set of skills, the discipline and the commitment to know that, hey, if I want to be successful at this, this is something that I have to take serious. And I did. I started my college off as a theater major thinking, yeah, I wanted to be the next Denzel Washington, but I had to seriously think about it, how I didn't have a slight chance (laughs) of being the next Denzel, just because acting is tough. I take my hat off. We watch movies and TVs all the time, and acting takes a lot of practice and a lot of work and a lot of effort because it's not an instant success. But I knew that if I wanted to put in the hard work and and dedicate the hours, I changed that immediately to business. I I knew and understood that if I wanted to have some type of financial reward out of college, maybe not a lot, but make a little bit of money, I would have to kind of focus on business, whether it's finance, marketing, or management. And as I was in a science class my freshman year, there was some people who came into the lecture hall and there was a flyer they were passing out and it said if you want to make this amount of money over the summer sign up today or come to this info session and it says something like ten thousand dollars for the summer now as a motivated young kid coming from the south side of chicago i thought to myself okay this is easy i can do that what do i have to do That's what kind of changed and brought me into sales. I went to this info session and it stated that you can make this kind of money doing door-to-door sales over the summer. And I had no clue and idea what I was walking into, but I took a leap of faith. This was the Southwestern Encyclopedia Book Sales And if I have some book people out there, they know exactly what I'm talking about. This is where you go to a completely different part of the United States and you are in a neighborhood and you work that neighborhood for the entire summer selling encyclopedias. Now, back then, I thought that was a great idea just because I know how much kids use encyclopedias growing up or even for studying for referencing for book reports but now today's age that would not fly as well just because we have such easy accessibility to the computers either way my first summer i was stationed in california over in redondo beach and we would wake up at seven o'clock in the morning We would go to breakfast as a small group and team and we would get dropped off in our territory. And that's what we had to do all day until sundown. Now, in California, the sun's not setting until eight o'clock in the summertime. They gave us a 
a sales manual would work, a sales talk track that they say had worked for 50 or so years. And I followed the sales track. And even then, still having some of the principles, characteristics that I portrayed growing up, you know, the discipline, the time management, passion to succeed. That first day, it was tough because I would knock on someone's door and they would just slam the door in my face or they just wouldn't answer, even though I knew that they were there. But it ended up being an extreme success for me because I was able to stay committed to working that summer and I did pretty well. I did make that 10K and it was so crazy to me doing that, looking back at it now, (laughs) where I can't even put words to describe how it felt and how crazy it seems now going back and doing it. But I ended up doing it for two more summers, which I I did door-to-door sales of encyclopedias for three summers. From there, I, I did pretty well each summer, and it was just an extreme success for me, and I learned a lot of skills and principles from working 80 hours a week from sunup to sundown for a summer when your average college kid was either working a summer internship at where they grew up at or or it's an array of things a kid can do for the summer but you know I, I did the sacrifice and I think it worked out pretty well just because it taught me so much as a person and it kind of started my sales career at a young age and and taught me different psychology is of selling whether it's pre-approach whether it's prospecting clients knowing exactly who they are having a connection commitment I mean I can go on for an hour or so just talking about what the Southwestern program had done for me and what I learned from it did that for like I said three summers and came back to college each year and, and finally was able to graduate with a business degree and had no idea what I was going to do. I had a lot of friends who were going into finance and they were going to work for hedge funds and some were going to do pharmaceutical sales and some were going to do real estate. And it, it was an array of things that a lot of friends that were going into different industries. So moved back to Chicago and I saw, I cannot remember where I saw it at, but there was a medical device company that was interviewing for a position. So I thought to myself, okay, let let me take a stab at it. I, I think that this is something I could potentially do. I went to the interview and in the interview, I literally brought everything that I collected, all the awards, all the maps, all of the documentation that I have from the Southwestern experience, I brought that to the interview and I stated this is how I can be an asset to this company and this territory by just my commitment, dedication, knowledge of how to sell. I felt like a magician, like I was just continuously bringing things out of a bag so that I could wow them (laughs) during this interview. 
And they were wild. I was very detailed. I planned for the interview and it went well. And they offered me a position within their company. And within the first couple of weeks, it finally hit me that, wow, I'm okay. I'm in. Let's go. It's time to get going. This was a a newer sales company and they had no existing business in Chicago. And they said, hey, you get no guarantee. You are strictly commissioned and we expect your sales to be up within the first six months. Me being a bright eyed, bushy tailed, new green salesperson into medical devices with no experience, I said, okay, I can do it. Now, this was one thing that I pride myself in is my positive outlook and attitude. I thought that I could do it and, and I was very confident that it could be done. I just did not know how. Fortunately, I had gotten the training for the products. So the technical experts had trained me. So I felt comfortable with the product. So what did I do as, as a new medical device sales rep? Is I went to every single hospital in Chicago, literally every hospital. And I targeted every surgeon that I could have access to. And from there, I started off with foot and ankle, into orthopedic spine, into neurosurgery, because we had products for all those different specialties. It was very sporadic that I would get cases and grow new business so that I would need help in covering cases in places that I wanted to be at with my customers. And then I had other cases at other different hospitals. So it was a very good learning experience for me with with the first medical device company. They taught me so much. I made some great relationships and some great friends. Along the way, I built this persona about myself that I was just going to grind and grit and work as hard as I could every day to try to be successful within this job. Five years into that job, I was a President's Club winner four years within that organization. And I learned so much and, and made, like I said, made some great friendships and made some good relationships within the hospital, whether it was materials management, the lab staff, doctors, and I I really was good at building relationships. But I wanted more of a challenge. I wanted to be seen as more of a technical expert within that field. I said to myself, I'm not one to job hop and I'm not one to look and try to find the next best thing. And I kept saying this to myself with the thoughts that something is going to come, something is going to come along. And I knew that for a while, this was a small company and I wanted to eventually get with a bigger company, a bigger device company who had a footprint in the medical device arena. So I started a new job. I looked to get with the best company, which I ended up doing. I started and switched out of orthopedic spine neurosurgery OR sales into the cardiac rhythm and heart failure space. I had zero experience reading an EKG or knowing anything related to the heart just because it wasn't in my field. It wasn't something that I was familiar or expert in. 
I was an expert in the spine, the neurosurgery, the orthopedic space. So made the jump and had no idea. Once again, it's like a pattern that I go through. I have no idea what I'm walking into, but I'm ready, open for whatever I'm going to face. Just because I, I feel that confident in being successful, no matter what obstacles put in front of me. And us as sales reps, we get so excited about the challenge that once the challenge comes to us, we think, uh, okay, I, I, let me think about this and how I'm going to move forward. But when I joined into the cardiac rhythm and heart failure space, it was such a challenge, which is exactly what I was looking for. So I took that challenge. I wanted to be more. No, I, I guess I took that challenge and I, I knew I was ready. But when it finally came, I wasn't ready. So I worked hard. And this is such a technical job that I'm currently in now. The training period for this particular job lasts between, I would say, nine and 18 months is kind of the expectation for training. It took me the full entire 18 months to get to that training uh, just so I can learn the cardiac space, reading an EKG, the different rhythms and the different problems and troubleshooting that I could face. And along the way, there were people who definitely thought that I was not ready, that I would fail, that I just wasn't a fit. And, you know, with salespeople, sometimes we get in our own head and we start believing those because the doubt creeps in. I've always been the type of person that when doubt creeps in, I just know it's like hitting a brick wall. Once that doubt creeps in, it's it's over. So what did I do? I challenged myself and, and I really had a heart to heart with myself asking if this is really something that's right for me and what I want, what if it's truly what I want to do. I honestly had to really, really drive and push myself to make it through every single day because it was a different challenge, a different obstacle, a, a different situation that came my way each day. Honestly, I, I was very fortunate. I enjoy that. I enjoy tackling problems tackling challenges, overcoming them. I usually tell myself, and I, I say this in the mirror all the time, if, some, if I'm having a challenging or a rough day, I'll stop everything I'm doing and I'll say, I eat challenges for breakfast. And I just repeat that until it resonates with me so that I know that, okay, let's, let's kick it into high gear. Let's drive and, and let's get to our destination. During that during that training, the 18 months training, like I said, made tons of mistakes, but I was really able to get through and appreciate everything that I experienced. So from there, I did the training and I was fortunate enough that my hard work paid off and I was promoted to get my own territory within that time frame. I not only had gotten a new territory, but I was still just trying to work hard to get my technical skills up while going to a new territory to meet new people, new doctors, as well as getting technically up to par. Now, that was just I had four I had four things against me going to a new territory, having to get up to speed technically 
having to meet new customers and people that I would work with on a daily basis at the hospital, as well as a new team. (laughs) It was very challenging just because there were days where I got tunnel vision and I couldn't give enough attention to specific things just because I may be so focused in a case that I may say something or do something the wrong way. And it may rub people the wrong way. I was fortunate enough to face a lot of challenges within that. It made me a better person. It made me a better rep. It helped me help other newer reps come in. Some of the challenges they may face so that they don't see and deal with or experience the type of experiences that I dealt with. But also it made me just a better person and a better teammate to my team and my partner, as well as a better employee to the company. Just because I learned a lot and there are people along the way, my sales partner, my boss, who I could vent to, but I also could get a different perspective. And I was was very coachable. I always wanted to learn and get feedback on how I could become better. And it, it worked in my favor just because I was able to change a lot of impressions that were formed against me that maybe this guy doesn't know what he's doing or or he only cares about himself and trust me no matter what you do there's always going to be people who will think a specific way based on preconceived notions or whatever it may be but I knew that in order for me to succeed all I can do was control the controllables and what could I control well myself I can control my positivity, my outlook, or what I was doing. It was also very, very humbling experience for me. I was able to win President's Club within the division, within the territory, which is such a tough, tough thing to do within this company. I couldn't have done that without my team. I believed that we could win it, and I don't think anyone else believed at the moment, at the time where we started. But by the time we were done, I was able to get everyone's buy-in and belief that, yo, we could definitely win President's Club. I never stopped believing. I also never stopped believing in myself and my capabilities, which us as salespeople, if you don't believe in anything or anyone, you always have to believe in yourself. I was able to build relationships with my team, with different peers and different clients, just through working hard every day. And a a lot of it, what I did is I just put my nose down. I put everything into high gear and I just worked nonstop. And this, I learned this through the Southwestern experience of selling books door to door. I just put my head down and I continued to work and and I learned that it's a numbers game. If I get two or three no's, that I'm going to eventually get a yes. The motivation and the psyche of, of us as salespeople, a yes is coming. If You may not get it today. You may not get it tomorrow. You may not get it next week or next month. But a yes is going to come. In my 15-year sales career, I'm still learning today. I'm still learning and growing and helping myself and inspiring myself and impacting others. And, and uh, But I also still see challenges that I face every day. Fast forward that up to now, which we're dealing with COVID and how COVID has changed the dynamics of medicine and healthcare. 
you know, now we we're seeing the telemedicine and the telehealth. And fortunately for me and my sales process as a rep, I specifically have to be in the surgeries and the OR for us to sell the products. And a lot of the products are emergency cases or a lot of them are elective as well. But there are people and their sales reps or their salespeople out there who have either lost their job there. They've lost a lot of things with this pandemic. You got let's let's keep the hope. Let's keep the faith that once everything moves over, you're going to be that wanted commodity. You're, you're practicing, you're honing your sales skills now. When the time comes for you to step up and be a sales rep or be a salesperson at a different company or your same company, you'll be ready. So I hope this podcast, this first episode, I hope this inspires others. I hope it impacts others. I hope this gives you a bit more insight about myself and what I've come through and what I've seen. And we'll get special guests on to talk about themselves. We'll get doctors, we'll get reps, we'll get nursing staff. My goal is to get a little bit of everything and a little bit of everyone to help talk to you, the listener and the audience member, so that you can know that We're all going through this together as sales reps. We will make sales a good industry and good field to be in again, because I think sales has kind of lost its touch. You know, when you think about sales, you don't really say, oh, that's something that I want to do. It's, It's not as inspiring as other types of industries and professions. It is what we make of it. And we need to get back motivated and and get back to the whys and who we're helping and how we're helping within sales that can make us better people as well as have a better impact on the world, essentially make us feel better about who we are and what we're doing. You can reach me at info at whatareyousellingpodcast.com if you have questions, if you see things that you want to bring on the podcast any comments or concerns, I'm always happy to listen and we'll have listeners where we discuss their emails, where we discuss the topic. We'll have listeners of the month. And so believe that I, I we're listening. We see you out there and I'll bring most of the things to the podcast so that we can all learn from each of our peers out there in the industry. Once again, you can reach me at info at whatareyousellingpodcast.com. Before I end this podcast, I just want to thank a couple people. These podcasts will be bi-weekly, so you can tune in in two weeks to hear the next episode too. But as I wrap up, I'd like to thank Odell, Kelly, Calvin, Andrew, Jim, Saw, Tyler Marks, and Benita. Those are the people who helped me with this podcast. Just want to give a special thank you to those people. We are all done. Thanks everyone to listening to the What Are You Selling podcast. Look forward to hearing from you. Look forward to helping you. And I look forward to tuning in for episode two in two weeks. Thanks. Bye-bye everyone.